Welcome to the Catholic Foodie Show. I'm Jeff Young, your host, the Catholic Foodie. So excited to have you join me today. This is a, a beautiful, beautiful Friday afternoon, and uh, I've got a lot of good things to share with you before we hit the weekend. Uh, we're going to have Chris Fattis join us today on the show. A little bit later in the show, he's going to talk to us about a new endeavor that he has uh, going on. It's called Bene Plates. It has to do with food, and it has to do with charity. So we'll talk a little bit more about that uh, in just a bit. I've got some voice feedback to share with you today as well. I'm excited about that. And and uh, a comment I want to share with you uh, from, from Facebook. And in addition to that, just the other day, uh, the Times-Picayune, the, the newspaper in New Orleans, New Orleans primary, and I guess, uh, I don't know if it's the oldest newspaper, but it's been around for quite a while. The Times-Picayune, you can find it over at NOLA.com. Uh, they just released the other day their uh, fall top 10 restaurants in New Orleans. So top 10 restaurants in New Orleans, fall 2015. This is something they do on a regular basis and they have to, they have, I can't remember the number. I really need to Google this to find out because I always forget, but somewhere around 1600 different restaurants in the city of New Orleans. So it's a, a big restaurant city, a big, uh, you know, eating out, dining out uh, kind of town. And uh, it's, it's not, surprising then that we have these top 10 lists. They come out usually uh, a couple times a year, you know, fall, spring, summer, uh, even, uh, just so that we can know, uh, you know, what's happening, what's going on in the different restaurants around town today, now, in this time. And so I want to share with you uh, this particular top 10 uh, guide. Why? Because I've actually interviewed <laughs> a number of these uh, chefs from these restaurants. So I thought that was kind of neat. And I, I just want to highlight a few. One of them, by the way, uh, on that list, again, is uh, Chef Frank Brightson, his restaurant, Brightson's. Uh, I interviewed him just last week. Uh, that was last Friday's show. So you can still catch that one over at catholicfoodie.com. I'll share a little bit with you about that. Matter of fact, why don't we jump into that right now? You know, uh, I, I posted that show last Friday. That was last Friday's show. And we did that. The whole uh, rationale behind it originally for me was uh, the passing of Chef Paul Prudhomme, you know, he was uh, an amazing man who did so much for um, for South Louisiana, for the culture, the cuisine of South Louisiana, spreading it not only across the country with his black and red fish and other Cajun dishes, but also around the world. You know, he was a, a delegate, basically an ambassador for Louisiana culture and cuisine uh, across the globe. And uh, as Chef Frank uh, shared with us on, on Friday, last Friday, uh, most of his trips overseas were cooking trips, you know, where... Uh, the chefs are invited by dignitaries from other countries to come and to prepare meals for special occasions. And, uh, and so Chef Paul did that. He was all over the place. And so that was the original rationale behind the show because Frank knew Paul very well. And Frank got his start in the restaurant business from uh, uh, Paul Prudhomme. And over the course of the week, I noticed, you know, Frank and I are friends on Facebook. And, and I noticed that, that Frank was sharing some really amazing and very personal stories about uh, Chef Paul, uh, things that, that me and you, you know, if we're on the outside looking in, we wouldn't know unless they shared them with us. So I, I wanted to bring that 
to you. I wanted to bring that into the light, so to speak. I wanted to bring it to a, a, a wider audience because I found it to be very inspirational. Uh, Chef Paul was not only a, um, a big hearted man, you know, when it comes to, to spreading the word about Cajun cuisine, uh, Creole cuisine out of New Orleans, uh, and our culture here too, but he was also a big hearted man when it came to dealing with his employees when it came to dealing with uh, his friends and, and his family and other people uh, on, a, on a very personal level. So it wasn't just, you know, hey, I'm a, a celebrity chef and I'm, I'm spreading this, this message here and everybody listen to me. And uh, it wasn't that at all. You know, this, he was a very genuine, very genuine man. And, and Chef Frank Brightson was sharing the stories. And uh, I really wanted to have him on the show. I'm so grateful to him. Uh, that he he took the time to to spend with me last week to uh, to share not only about Chef Paul but about Brightson's. You know, it really enabled me to learn a lot more about the history of that restaurant. The fact that it's celebrating 29 years this year. Uh, it's just a beautiful, uh, beautiful story. And Brightson's, of course, is it, it's one of those can't miss restaurants. You know, you're traveling into town, you, you got to go, you got to go. And, uh, so it's, it's uh, 723 Dante street. Uh, you, again, you can hear that interview, um, from last Friday over at catholicfoodie.com. Just get there. You can scroll down a little bit. You're going to see it. It's, it's probably the, the, the second to newest, uh, post there. Uh, at catholicfoodie.com. So uh, I was I was telling you that, uh, you know, they came out with this top 10 list, right? Brightson's was on there. I was very excited about that. They don't number them one to 10. They just put them in alphabetical order and Brightson's starts with a B. So Brightson's is up there first, right? Brightson's was there. Clancy's, another uh, restaurant, uh, which is, you know, you got to go to. Clancy's is uh, on Annunciation Street. So it's a little bit further down, closer to the heart of the city. Um and let's see, I'm, I'm clicking through these right here. Commander's Palace, of course. Commander's is amazing. Uh, it, it, it's an incredible restaurant, first of all. But if you look at the the chefs, the head chefs that have come through there, Paul Prudhomme got a start there. Um, Emeril Lagasse got a start there. Tori McPhail, McPhail is there now. Uh, but so many chefs have come through Commander's and gone on to to start their own uh, restaurant. So that's a Commander's is a is a is an icon, a cultural icon in the city of New Orleans. And I'm scrolling through this. Let's see. And I know they do this all the time. I hate ads. You know when you're when you're scrolling through like a. Uh, uh, some some kind of marquee or, or screens, a, a slide there that, that's going from one post to the next or one slide. I hate those um, websites that put ads on there. But, you know, they, they're just trying to make a little money, I guess. Trying to make a little money. Dominica, Dominica, which is a Chef John Besh restaurant. We've had Chef John Besh on the show, uh, on the cath on the uh, Around the Table Food Show. And I think I'm going to have him here on the Catholic Foodie Show very soon to talk about his new book, um, uh, which I think you're going to love. You're going to love. And I'm going to have to have him talk about a couple of those books because I love the stuff that uh, Chef John Besh puts out. But Dominica, fantastic restaurant. We have uh, dined there and also um, interviewed Chef John Besh. Uh, Gotro's, Gotro's on Sonyage Street. Um, I have personally never been, but um, I've heard really good things about that. So it's on my list. Yeah, I do have a list. I do have a list. I have a list. There's so many restaurants in New Orleans. I haven't eaten at them all, but I do have a list. So it's on the list. <laughs> I'd love to hear if you um, 
travel to New Orleans, uh, what your favorite places are, you can always give me a call at 985-635-4974 and leave me a voice message. Let me know. I would love to uh, to hear that. Perhaps that would enable me to uh, get some new ideas too on places I could go and maybe do a live show from there. That'd be a lot of fun. Herbsant, uh, St. Charles Avenue, Herbsant, which is down, I don't know if it's technically in the warehouse district, I believe it is. Herbsant is, um, I've never been, but again, a, a, a restaurant that I have heard a lot of good things about. La Petite Grocery is on the list, and uh, I have been there a, a number of times, and I've done, I think, three or four interviews with Chef Justin DeVillier. Uh, the last one was just a couple of weeks ago, and it was at his new restaurant. He's got a new uh, restaurant that is in the warehouse district, a little further down. He's on La Petite Grocery is on Magazine Street. Uh the uh, the other restaurant, um, uh, Belize is the name of it, is closer down to the heart of the city as well. So uh, does fantastic work. I love I love uh, what he's got on both menus. Fantastic. Uh, Pesh is uh, on the list as well. Pesh Seafood Grill. Uh, that is uh, again a restaurant that you hear so much about, so much good stuff, and uh, one that is on my list. <laughs> hey, and guess what? Here's another ad. I love these ads. Not really. And the final, the final restaurant. I think this is the final one. I got to double check that. Restaurant August, uh, uh, the, the flagship restaurant for Chef John Besh. Uh, fantastic uh, restaurant, and I'm uh, obviously not not surprised that this is on the list of the top ten. And uh, no, we do have one more. The the uh, number 12 is Square Root. Square Root is a newer um, restaurant. I mean, it's been open for a few years now, but it's a newer restaurant. Uh, it was founded uh, to, to showcase the talents of chef and co-owner uh, Philip Lopez, um, who really has no local rival when it comes to molecular gastronomic achievement. And so a lot of that is, is a lot of their dishes are going to be uh, those deconstructed dishes. If that's something that's really uh, intriguing to you, then you would absolutely love Square Root. So those are, are the top 10, the top 10 fall restaurants. Uh, very excited about that. I do have a little bit of voice feedback to play for you here. So let's jump right into it because this is the only feedback I've gotten so far. And uh, this is going to be the winner of the cookbook, Louisiana de Mer from our friends over at uh, Louisiana Cooking Magazine. So let's take a listen. Hey, Jeff. David Hubble calling from Mobile to tell you what my all-time favorite Louisiana dish is, and it's crawfish bisque. I'm sure you know this is a labor-intensive dish requiring many hands to make in two to three days of preparation. I think my mom's version is about my favorite. But if your listeners are interested and they've never tried it, they could probably find a good frozen version from Chef John Folsom Company online. I've had that one time before, and it was really good. It's a bit expensive, but it's worth it since they don't cut any corners and they include a lot of stuffed uh, crawfish heads. Um, and the taste reminded me a lot of what my mom does. So anyway, if you get a chance, I think that's something that may be worth checking out. And hopefully there's a recipe for that in the cookbook. Anyway, enjoy the show as always, and I will talk to you later. Bye. 
Awesome, David. Thank you so much for calling in. You are the winner, by the way, of the cookbook, Louisiana de Mer. I will uh, give you more information. I'll get in touch with you. I know how to reach you and uh, get that book sent to you. Now, today's show, we are talking with Chris Faddis about a new endeavor he's got going on. Uh, I think you're going to love it. It's, it's just a, it was a fantastic conversation with him. Benet Plates is the, the name of it. You can find it over at benetplates.com. Uh, Chris is going to join us here for the remainder of the show. So let's jump right into that conversation. We need to take a quick break. You are listening to The Catholic Foodie Show on Breadbox Media. I'm Jeff Young, your host, The Catholic Foodie. Don't go away. We'll be back in just a minute. Welcome back to The Catholic Foodie Show. We're talking today with Chris Faddis about Binet Plates. So let's jump right back into it. Well, I have a treat for you today here on The Catholic Foodie Show. I have a, a friend of mine, Chris Faddis, who is joining us, and uh, we're going to talk about a new initiative that he has going on. It, it does have something to do with food. It's, uh, I guess you could call it like a food revolution. Chris, welcome to The Catholic Foodie Show. Hey, Jeff. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. You know, we've, you've, you're no stranger here. You've been on the show before, uh, on the podcast, at least a couple of times, talking about uh, fasting for Haiti, and then also talking about uh, the book that came out. Was it 2013 is when that came out? It is well? Correct. Yes, yeah, two That's years. Right. Yeah. yeah, so wow. It's like uh, every couple of years, we've got something new to talk about. For those listeners in our audience who may uh, not be as familiar with uh, who you are and where you come from and what you do, you want to give us a little uh, intro, a little synopsis? Sure. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm uh, first of all, a, a husband and father. Uh, most people that, that would re- remember me would know the story about my late wife, Angela Faddis. So I was married previously and she passed away from cancer in 2012. And then um, I was remarried uh, about a year ago, a little over a year ago now, uh, to Jennifer. And um, I have our, we have our first two children from, from my first marriage with Angela, uh, Gianna and Augustine. And then we have a brand new baby boy, Maximilian, um, who is you know brightening up our lives these days. So I live in Phoenix, Arizona, or Chandler, Arizona, right outside of Phoenix, and um, have I, you know is I think when you and I first met, Jeff, I was blogging, and you were doing the show, and and um, we were both doing different things, kind of in the digital space of evangelization. And um, since then, I've I've moved more into business work. I, I was traveling and speaking and promoting the book, but but working a lot in business development. Um, I've I've got a, a background in restaurant management and. Um, and concept development. So kind of a, a I, I'm one of those people who is, tends to be doing something new every couple of years. But this vision that we're talking about today has been kind of burning um, in me for the last three years as since Angela passed. It really came about uh, while she was ill. And, and so we're excited to kind of blend my business background and my restaurant and foodiness. I'm, you know, I'm a Catholic foodie myself, um, as you know. And uh, so we're kind of blending all of that together to do something of service that, that we believe will really help people who are ill and help families. Um, and honestly, as you know, Jeff, food just makes you feel better so, oh, yeah. uh, in general. So we're, we're really excited about that. So this is almost a, an amalgamation, I guess you could say, of a lot of uh, my background. And that's, and that's really one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the show today. I, I was very impressed with this new endeavor that you have, uh, that you're, you're kickstarting actually. And it's, uh, it's called Bene Plates. And, uh, you want to just tell us something about that? 
Yeah. First of all, the name, you know, I think a lot of people uh, are, are unsure of what the name means. So Bene, you know, I'm taking Bene really from the Latin root, but but it, most people would be familiar with the phrase molto bene or va bene, oh, yeah. which is right. an Italian phrase of, uh, you know, it's okay or it's very good. And so, um, so bene, you know, for us, what we're looking at is, is the idea of being well. So bene in, in Latin would be well. Bene vivo would be to live well. So the mm. goal of, of our project is really to help people live well, whatever they have left. So, you know, when Angela was ill, you know, there was really no chance at cure other than, a, you know, praying for a miracle. But we also very much wanted to help her live well as best she could, have vitality, have energy, have the ability to spend time with, with our children and with me and with family and friends. And so uh, Bene Plates is, is really kind of loosely translated would be well plates. How do we help people to be well? Um, and the goal is really to, to revolutionize the way that we treat the chronically ill and the dying when it comes to, to feeding them. I mean, in a lot of ways, um, we tend to just, that, that tends to be neglected, whether it's because, you know, hey doc, I can hardly eat anything. I'm on this chemo. And the doctor says, just get down whatever you can. And this happens often. They'll say, just, just chug down a milkshake if you have to. It doesn't really right. matter what you eat. Yeah. Um, all the way to, well, mom doesn't feel like eating, so we're just not going to force the issue. Um, and we're not paying attention to what's really going on, what's needed, uh, what might be the, the issue, why mom isn't eating. Maybe there's mouth sores we need to treat. Maybe there's just some taste issues that we can address. So so really that that journey, having faced that head on with Angela was, was what kind of opened my eyes to this. Um, but the goal is not to create a company that's just, you know, doing health food or, you know, we're just putting some product out that's no better than insure or something else. Right. The goal is really to take great food. I mean, and, and you, you talk about food all the time, Jeff, and, and I, you know, I'm sure if you and I lived in the same city, we would eat out quite often. Um, and I, I'm often jealous of, of your Twitter feed, um, places you read, but especially being near New Orleans. But, but I, you know, taking great food that gives you great memories, that excites you, that, that brings you some, this, you know, some solace or some comfort, taking that in incorporating and making sure that we can we can make it as healthful as possible. So so it might mean reducing certain ingredients or it might be adding certain ingredients, but not taking away the flavor and the experience of that food. I believe we can really help people internally from a nutritional standpoint, but I also think we can help them spiritually, socially, emo- emotionally from that sense of of making them feel good through food. That's right. You know, I, I just uh, interviewed uh, Chef Frank Brightson, uh, a fantastic, a very well-known, very well-loved chef in New Orleans who is celebrating 29 years this year of his restaurant Brighton's being open uh, down on Dante Street in New Orleans. He, he was an apprentice of Chef Paul Prudhomme. And uh, we had a wonderful conversation the other day. And, and one of the things that uh, that he said, we, we got on the, the topic of Katrina and how, how you know the city is still being rebuilt, you know, following Katrina. I know most people are just sick of hearing about it, but it's still still being rebuilt. And he was talking about how important it was. And we really learned that lesson in Katrina, uh, how important food really is. It's not just sustenance. There's so much more there. And that food really does, first of all, bring people together. It, 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 in a sense, it kind of makes community happen or, or, or community happens around the food. But even beyond that, you have uh, a real joy, a sense of joy that can come from 
good food. And I think that's part of what you're talking about here. Yes, for sure. You know, one of the, the things that, and just a memory that I, I remember when Angela was first ill and, and, you know, for your listeners, just to remember, uh, to remind them if they've remembered the story or, or tell them if they haven't heard it is Angela was diagnosed with cancer on Easter Sunday at age 31 uh, of 2011. And she was, it was very sudden. It was, it was advanced. It was terminal, it, you know, a full blockage. And, you know, she loved food. She loved nutrition. She loved trying to eat well. And, um, it really brought her a lot of comfort. But when she was there at, you know, for treatment or when she was, you know, staying at the hospital, she couldn't eat. The food was just abysmal. Mm, and, and, right. and I, um, you know, without defaming these, some of these hospitals, but, you know, I think there, there's so much a focus of cost and all those things. And I understand that, but, but I remember the first day that Angela was, was able to eat. So she was, you know, not able to eat for the first few days, had surgery, all these things. And they finally were going to let her eat. So I came in and she had a plate of food at, at, in front of her and she just looked down at the food and she looked up at me and she said, you mean I avoided this junk? She might have used a different word than junk, but <laughs> you, you, believe, you mean I've avoided this junk all my life so that I wouldn't get cancer and now you feed this to me, you know, right, right. And, and that tended to be the, the, every time we would go in for, you know, for chemo or those things, I was always having to try to come up with things she could eat because it's already hard enough to eat when you're on chemo and you're going through this 12 hour day of treatment and mm. then, and then you're not really going to eat for many people for a few days so how do we keep them fed? Fast forward that to a couple months later, we came back to Arizona and uh, we're, we were living in North Carolina. We came back to visit in Arizona and some friends had us over for dinner with, with a, a group of friends and family that we hadn't seen in a while. And they made this just amazing meal. I mean, one of the meals was this, this uh, kind of almost Mediterranean dish with chickpeas and, and you know, eggplants and all these vegetables and just rich with flavor. And another was this beautiful salad with tons of incredible vegetables. Mm, and, love you it. Know, all these things. and I remember <laughs> Angela standing in the kitchen in tears and she said, I just missed this kind of food. Oh, wow. Yeah. This means so much to me. You know, so, so that's the difference. We, we, we go through, I mean, I, I have a family member who's uh, turning 102 in, in November. And I've wow. just been told that she, she's no longer, her arthritis is so bad. She no longer really can cook. And uh, really that's her only health concern is her arthritis. And, um, and you know, they started bringing meals from a free service to her and she won't eat them. Mm. You know, they're just yeah. not, they, they, their taste gross. It'll, you know, and I think about that. I think about this woman who has made handmade tortillas her whole life and made jam. And we went to her house for Thanksgiving growing up and she made everything from scratch and yet what is served to her is mush from a can. Right. Yeah. That yeah. doesn't bring that joy that you're talking about, you know? We need to take a quick break. You are listening to The Catholic Foodie Show on Breadbox Media. I'm Jeff Young, your host, The Catholic Foodie. Don't go away. We'll be back in just a minute. Welcome back to the Catholic Foodie Show. We're talking today with Chris Faddis about binet plates. So let's jump right back into it. No, it does. And you know, and what you're talking about really is, I think, um, I mean, it's, it's characteristic of, what, of, the, of the society we live in. I mean, you know, that's um, fast food nation, right? It's like you, right. You, right. You, you have other, other voices who have certainly um, 
tried to call our attention to this. I mean, Jamie Oliver started his food revolution a few years back and actually having a television show trying to bring awareness of the fact that we're killing ourselves, you know, with the right. stuff that we eat, the, 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 the chemicals and the preservatives. And, uh, um, I mean, some of the, some of the food out there that sold as food is barely food, you know, barely barely uh edible and uh and, it, and it's very sad from a st- from a taste standpoint it's bad enough but when you start to think about how this stuff really does damage us uh, that makes it all the all, all the more worse right so and it's really sad i think you know you're talking about being in the hospital and, and angela not really even being able to stomach the the food that they're giving her uh you know it, it's it's um it's really sad to see that in a hospital, but I know we had a similar, a similar situation. Congratulations, by the way, on the, the new arrival. Um, Thank you, you had mentioned earlier on, I didn't have a chance to say congratulations, but uh, we just had a, a new baby. We had a baby too, about four months ago, five, four or five I months ago. Congratulations. Thank it's you. Exciting. Thank you. But that was the first time we'd been in the hospital and in quite a while. And, uh, the hospital close to us, um, we've had several friends who've had babies recently. And, you know, over the last couple of years, they were just all going on about, you wouldn't believe how great the food is in this hospital. I mean, like, it's really like, sometimes we go there and eat just on a, a night during the week, you know, because it's really <laughs> right. good. And so I had high hopes, you know, when I got there and, and lo and behold, there must've been a change in management. <laughs> <laughs> because it was no longer a matter of fact, some of the people who told us about how awesome the food uh, was came to visit us in the hospital and they looked at it and they're like, this is not what we had. <laughs> right. So those kind of things happen, unfortunately. And that's, that's a, a, you know, a lot of times those decisions are made. They're based on the bottom line. They're ba- it's a business sure. decision. It's not necessarily for the health and well-being of the person who's going to be the recipient of that food. And that's really what you're trying to, to do. That's really what you're trying to change. So in, in a practical way, tell us how that, how will this thing work? Sure. So, so I'll tell you that, you know, we essentially, the goal is, and I'll, I'll just tell you briefly the story of, we found a hospital that is similar to what you were talking about that really focused on the food and they still to this day do. I think a lot of times a chef will come in, he'll change the food, he'll make it better. And then hospital management comes in. And I've heard this from other chefs that then they come in and say, there's no way you can't do that. You're spending too much X, Y, Z. Boom. Finally, you know, they cut it out or the guy leaves and they go back to the same stuff. So, you know, that's a lot of the situation. This hospital we found not only focused on great tasting food, they focused on the quality of the ingredients. They focused on, you know, uh, making sure there were many options and many different formats of food so people could eat. They also intervened aggressively with Angela's nutrition because she was wasting away and they, they had to get her back to stability or else she was going to have to stop treatment and, and you know really go into hospice at that point. And so one day when, when we were leaving, you know, Angela lived another nine months and, and people know many people know the story. But when we were leaving there, we saw this woman that was saying goodbye to the chef and we saw this woman walking out with bags of food. And I thought, why – who in the world takes – hospital food home. <laughs> you know, I mean, could you imagine going to get a craft bag, you know, the big bags of, of to-go food. And, and the chef said that there were a lot of patients who couldn't cook this way for themselves. Oh, wow. So they were ta- they would come for treatment and they would take the phone, the, the food home with them for a week or two weeks, however long until they came back. And I just said, well, chef, we got to do, we got to change that. You know, right. we got to send this to them. So that's really where the idea was born. I told Angela, we're, we were driving home for hospice. Angela was, was, um, you know, on, 
on her way home to heaven, you know? And I told her and she just said, that's the best idea you've ever had. You've got to do it. And so the goal is, so, so really what, what has been developed since is a, we have a kitchen in Phoenix, Arizona. We've secured the kitchen. Um, I've already cut the tip of my thumb off in this kitchen. So we've we've christened (laughs) the kitchen now. And, um, uh, I'm not the executive chef, Jeff, just so you know, I, as Father Leo would tell you, I I pulled my knife point up and I do lots of bad things with knives. So, um, so anyway, I, uh, the, the goal is to make the food weekly and then ship it to our patients. And so, you know, here in Arizona, um, if they're chronically ill patients of so someone with a, you know, with a disease or cancer or they're homebound, we actually have a partnership with a home care agency that will deliver the food every week. So the home care aide will walk in, they'll bring the meals, they'll be ready to go packaged, um, you know, and, and very clear instructions on how to heat them. There'll, of course, will be some cold options and things. And then, you know, elsewhere and other places, we'll, we'll probably arrange partnerships with home care people as well. But for people who aren't ill, so if it's you or I or someone who's just, you know, wants to need some good food just and they're too busy to cook it for themselves, we'll deliver that via FedEx. So it's basically overnighted in a, in a freezer box and, and, you know, refrigerated ready for you. So, um, and really the focus is that we focus on clean. So we're, we're not all organic, but everything is clean. So there's no toxins, no pesticides, um, you know, with grass fed beef, um, you know, no antibiotics in the dairy, those kind of organic dairy, those kind of things. And then micronutrient rich. So every meal is, is packed with some form of, of micronutrient fit, rich food. So we may have a meatloaf on the menu. In fact, we do have a couple meatloafs on the menu, but, um, we, you know, the, the micronutrients will, uh, will be, you know, alongside that. So whether it's a meatloaf that also has some kale stuck inside or, or we've got some really, you know, vibrant vegetables on the side of that meatloaf, you know, we're recognizing that people have certain foods they want to eat, you know, but, but we can do it in such a way that it's still nutritive and it's still helpful. Um, and so that's kind of the goal. That's, that's where we're headed. So micronutrient rich, Clean, and then the last one is spice and herb filled. So one piece of the whole idea of an anti-inflammatory diet that most people don't get is that you it's got to be packed with spices and herbs. Spices and herbs are God's medicine cabinet. I mean, they they truly can reduce inflammation, which is at the root of every chronic illness. Inflammation's involved in every every illness, and so it'll help with symptoms. It'll help with just how you feel, um, you know, those kind of things. So so our meals are are really well-rounded around that. From there, if someone says, I need a gluten-free diet, we can do a gluten-free diet. If someone says, I can't eat peanuts, then we'll, we'll do that. If, if someone you know, is only on a liquid diet, then we'll be able to make those accommodations. Right. But those three pieces, clean, micronutrient-rich, and spice and herb-filled are our kind of foundational pieces to the menu. Um, and then from there, we're really able to customize it to each patient's needs. That is beautiful. That is beautiful. And uh, you were, uh, you do, this is on a Kickstarter uh, campaign, right? You, you're, sure. you're in the middle of a Kickstarter and uh, there's a video, a very informative video that I saw that's uh, posted there on the page. And one, one thing that you said that I, I mean, really just kind of shocked me. Uh, I'd never heard this before. And, and it, it's to me staggering is the fact that, uh, you know, there's so many patients, uh, cancer patients who have, have a real hard time with malnutrition. And that malnutrition could actually right. be one of the, the main, the main issues, you know, as a result of, of the malnutrition, they yeah. wind up, um, I guess, dying before, before their time. Right. 
And that's right. Over- it, it's yeah, it, it's for, you know, 85%. So in cancer, it's specific is 85% of cancer patients suffer from some form of mal- malnutrition. And, and several of those end up going into what's called cancer kakesha, which is a much more severe form of mal- malnutrition um, and can cause lots of other ailments. So, so oftentimes some of the side effects of cancer are coming from the side effects of malnutrition. Mm. And, and the, the stat that is most staggering to me, and it was, and, and this was when Angela was getting really ill and losing all that weight and, and things weren't going well, um, you know, I, I learned this stat and, and it, it really woke us up is – 40% of cancer patients actually die from malnutrition. Wow. 40%. And, and, and that's, I didn't make that number up. I didn't go count how many people I know who looked skinny. I mean, right. you know, that's a, that's a real number. It, you know, and, and the reality is, you know, many of these patients are going to die. I mean, I, I, we're not suggesting that our food is going to cure people. Right. We are suggesting that our food is going to help them tolerate treatment better. And that it could, if you keep someone fed well, if you keep someone's, you know, uh, body and their, their, their weight and everything stable and those things, it can help to keep them alive longer. It can help them to tolerate treatment. And so that's a really important piece. And, and those stats, you know, after Angela passed, I realized that this isn't just a cancer problem. I mean, a majority of the American Alzheimer's Association says a majority of Alzheimer's patients die from malnutrition. Oh, so, wow. you know, these these issues are are really at the root of a lot of, you know, the, the losses we're experiencing. You know, and with Alzheimer's, you, you there's, there's studies out there, you know, showing that when someone's nutrition is stable, they have less of the symptoms, the, the sundowner syndrome and those things. And, and there's ways we can, we can introduce the right nutrients through food to help reduce some of those symptoms. And so um, it, it's just such an important piece that's missed. I'm not, and, and we're not suggesting people stop treatment. We're not suggesting they go to a different doctor. None of that. We want to just step into this one place and say, hey, if you need help for eating, maybe – it's a you know woman whose husband is has to work, but he can cook dinners. Well, we'll send her enough meals for breakfast and lunch. You know, right, right. Uh, maybe maybe the husband needs help because he's taking care of her, and they need meals for both of them for a couple meals a, a day. That we can do those things. If it's somebody who's who's really homebound and on their own, we can provide all twenty one meals a week for him. You know, it, it's really meant to fit that need. But but this is an issue we've got to we've got to address. And and I actually think Jeff. You know, when it comes to people who are going into hospice, who or are you know are older, and they've said, you know what, I'm not going to do treatment because I'm, you know, this is this would be pretty extraordinary at this point, and I'm just going to go. What's what's starting to happen more and more is they're just taking off food. Mm. Wow! And we're seeing we're seeing this in hospice. We're seeing this in places where people are dying of malnutrition as opposed to from from the natural causes of whatever disease they have that's got to change. And for wow. me as a Catholic, you know, that's an important piece to this is we've got to put something out there that we can help. We can, we can get involved and help. We're not going to stop everything. We're not going to, you know, turn everyone around, but we can do our best and hopefully help them, you know, towards that end of saying, at least I'm feeling good. I mean, I remember when Angela was in hospice I and mean, she would eat, you know, eat, it could just be a, a simple butternut squash soup that she could just sip a few bites of, but it just gave her some energy and it gave her some encouragement. You know, it might have been, honestly, at that stage, it was gelato a lot of times, you know? Um, You know, so those those things change over time. You know, it wasn't as much of the nutritive foods as it was comforting foods for her at the very end. But But that 
was different than just saying, sorry, Angela, you can't eat. Right. We weren't forcing food on her. But as she was hungry, we had options for her. That's right. And I remember, you know, the food that people brought us. It was, I mean, somebody brought this butternut squash soup and that lasted me a week for Angela, you know. Yeah. Um, but that made all the difference. It, it encouraged her. It gave her energy. It made her feel good. It made her feel loved. You know? And, yeah, and, and food and has that that's power. what we want to do. Right. We need to take a quick break. You are listening to The Catholic Foodie Show on Breadbox Media. I'm Jeff Young, your host, The Catholic Foodie. Don't go away. We'll be back in just a minute. Welcome back to The Catholic Foodie Show. We're talking today with Chris Faddis about binet plates. So let's jump right back into it. Yeah. that's uh, So we're talking... Uh, we're talking uh, uh, healthy, uh, nutrient-dense, delicious foods, meals that are, that are packaged together. And I think one of the beautiful things is that, you know, I know I'm just kind of imagining my, myself, you know, I'm, I'm trying to imagine what this is like because, I mean, praise God, we, we haven't had to go through anything like this in, in our own lives, you know. And I know that, uh, but but just trying to imagine it, it's like you almost as the person who is taking care, the, the caretaker, in my case, let's say, if it, well, in your case, it was, you know, your spouse. Uh, you have to almost enter into it yourself, right? You're, you're kind of part, you're walking that journey. And I can so see this as being almost something that could help bond you together, you know, like a, a meal. So you had mentioned uh, like a, a few minutes ago about spouses, you know, have both each having a meal. Um, there's something about that shared meal is what I'm trying to say that that goes beyond just sustaining the body, you know, that, yes. that I can imagine for myself that I wouldn't want to just order these meals for my wife as an example. I, I would want to, I want to eat what she's eating. You know, there's a sense of communion there. There's a sense of, of right. you're, you're in it right. together, you know? And so I, I'm, I'm very impressed by what you have uh, uh, going on here, what you've got going. I mean, to me, it sounds fantastic. Uh, Bene Plates is there. I mean, I want to ask you some more questions, but while it's on my mind, there, is there a website people can go to or, there, or is there a yeah, way to get yes, to the Kickstarter? Ben- Sure. Beneplates.com is, is the website and you can actually get to the Kickstarter from there. Um, but also the, uh, the Kickstarter campaign is if you go to kickstarter.com, it's, you know, think of the word kickstart, K-I-C-K-S-T-A-R-T-E-R.com. And uh, if you just search for a food revolution, you'll find it right okay. there. So I, and we definitely, I definitely want to encourage people to go, even if you say, well, I'm not going to be able to back this. Please go to the page and and watch the video and share it, whether it's through Twitter or Facebook or or Instagram. Um, you know, share the page because it really does help with getting you know more people on Kickstarter aware of the program and and you know your friends and family. And you never know. I mean, it, the Kickstarter, the way it's set up, Jeff, as you probably saw, is is that we're basically asking for people to back the, the campaign and they're getting food as a reward. So right. you know. Um, that's not a bad deal, you know. So not at all. We'll ship you, you know, <laughs> as small as three meals to, to your house, and and they'll be made by our team. You know, our team includes a couple chefs from from here in Phoenix that work at, at really, you know, really nice, really well rec- recognized uh, restaurants here in the Phoenix area. Father Leo Padalinghug, who many of you know from Grace Before Meals and mm-hmm. and his show Savoring the Faith. Father Leo's on our menu team, um, and it, you know myself and some other people. So. The goal for us is that this food is every bit as good as where you would go out on a Friday night for a date. You know, 
uh, yeah, we're not having escargot, but you know, we, we can we can have some great meals in there. So so there's some really tasty foods, really great things that that I think people will enjoy. So we're just saying, hey, come alongside us and and back this program. Help us get started. We we really are doing the Kickstarter for a strong launch. We'll launch either way. Mm-hmm. Um, but we really want to have a strong launch. We want more and more people to know about the food, to be, you know, to taste the food and then tell others about the food. So if, if people wanted to back us on Kickstarter, Jeff, they could do that and get the food for themselves. Or they might say, you know what, my aunt or my grandma or my friend, someone else I know could use this. I'm in a, I'm in a order of some food for them to try. Right. Um, we can do it either way. And, uh, and we'll send it right out. It's all going to be sent in November. So, um, it's a good time during the holidays and when it's kind of busy and, and, uh, you know, hard to cook healthy for yourself. So, um, we'll send it out in it probably right around the second week of November. It'll, it'll ship. Awesome. That's awesome. And I, I do want yeah. to kind of piggyback on what you were saying that, uh, even if someone can't back the project financially, um, there is so much that could be said for simply going, learning about it, but also sharing it. I mean, we live in a world today with social media where, you know, just regular moms and dads, uh, college kids, you know, even high school students, you know, anybody who is on social media has that power of influence to help spread the word, to get the word out. And, and that, that is vital uh, when you're talking about uh, good works, you know, good things that, that need to be, uh, you know, attended to and also supported. So just a simple uh, share on Facebook and Twitter is a benefit. It can, it can certainly help. It's a way of contributing. Uh, and, and of course, uh, the financial contribution would be awesome. You know, that would certainly be awesome. But, uh, but just being able to share this with your family, friends, uh, the people who, who you know on Facebook um, is also a big deal. Yeah, it, it really does help in a big way. And, and, I, and I also just want people to understand, you know, this isn't as much of a donation as it is a chance to buy the product. I mean, you're really getting, you're getting more than, I mean, you know, Jeff, if you do the math, it's like less than $10 per meal um, right. that we're sending. And we're not sending you McDonald's hamburgers. I mean, yeah. we're sending you <laughs> Which are really almost $10. So, you know, you're going to spend yes, about that exactly. at McDonald's, you know? <laughs> yeah. So if nothing else, you know, you can, you know, like we have a package of five meals. You have your five lunches taken, you know, take to work with you, uh, taken care of. So, and it gives you a chance to be a part of it. And, and we're just excited about it. And, and I wanted this to be about more people being involved than just us. Because as, as you said, Jeff, it's when you hear the idea and you think about people you know who are ill, every one of us can say, wow, this would have been really helpful or this would be really helpful if I was in this situation. You know? um, and I think it's just one of those – it's that, that point in, in time when we've all realized that you know, the food that we eat is important. Um, we don't necessarily always know how but, but we know it needs to happen. And so this to me is kind of just a, you know, the next step in, in this whole food movement that's been going on for the last several years. That is, uh, that is, it's amazing to me is it's amazing. It's beautiful. So again, tell us how to, uh, how to get to the website, uh, and any other information that we would need. Yeah, it's just, it's Bene plates, B E N E plates, P L A T E S.com. Or you can go to kickstarter.com and just search a food revolution. Watch the video. I tell the story about how Angela inspired this and I tell a little more about what we're doing. Um, and please, you know, like we said, share it, but, um, it's all there. We're also, of course, on Facebook and Twitter, Jeff at Ben A plates, B E N E P L A T E S. Um, I know Jeff has been tweeting some of our things, so you can always look for his tweets to find it. And we have a lot of great things happening this week. You know, we will, we'll be putting out a lot more, um, 
news and things about what we're doing. So, you know, hopefully people will see us out there in the, in the blog space, so to speak. Awesome. That's awesome. And, uh, but yeah, beneplates.com. Molto bene, molto bene, huh? Molto bene, that's right. <laughs> I, <laughs> I hope people say molto bene when they eat the food and not va bene, right? But, oh, no, yeah, but, that's true. That's true, va bene. <laughs> you know, actually, if, if people want to see some of the food, we started posting, and I don't know if you've seen him, Jeff, but we've had a food photographer come out a couple times this week and do some shots for us. So we started posting some photos. That there's, a, there's a photo. I'll send it to you, Jeff, if you want to post it with the podcast. But oh, yeah. There's a photo of our frittata menu. We have a whole menu of frittatas, which are you know basically similar to an omelet if people aren't aware and, and just a great healthy way to eat eggs and, and they're really flavorful and I'm, I'm pretty proud of that menu. We've got um, uh, and, and then some other photos that will be coming out through social media this week as we get those back from our food photographers. So there's nothing better than looking at great food and getting inspired to eat well. So, so please, if you come on to Instagram or Twitter and look for us, you'll see those, you'll see those photos the next few days. That is awesome. Awesome. I love it. Chris, thank you so much for joining me here today on the Catholic Foodie Show. And uh, I will certainly put links in the, in the show notes at Catholic Foodie and anything else I can do to help spread the word. That is, um, I, I'm excited about this. You're doing good, good work here. Thank you so much, Jeff. God bless you. I really appreciate you taking time to to let me talk on your show. I love it. I'll send you some stuff. Hey, that'd be great. Get, you'll get, get the Catholic foodie approval. Oh, so. I love it. I love it. Thank you. And hey, if you're ever in New Orleans now. <laughs> I, you know what? I have, I've got to come out. I, I need to do it. So I will let you know for sure. <laughs> I've got a few great a restaurants we can go to. <laughs> That's great. I would love it. I would love it. All right. God bless you, brother. Thank you so much. God bless. Bye. Again, I want to thank uh, Chris Faddis for joining me on the Catholic Foodie Show. What a fantastic! You again. You can go to beneplates.com. Beneplates, B-E-N-E, uh, like molto bene, right? Beneplates.com uh, to get more information about the project they got going on. They've got nine more days left of the Kickstarter campaign. You can get in on the action over there at beneplates.com, or just go to Kickstarter and search for beneplates. Uh, and, and again, I want to reiterate what we said in the show, in the uh, interview that, uh, you know, sharing is, is wonderful. Not everybody can do the, the financial support. Um, uh, we all wish that we could, right? Uh, but, and it's important if you can, it is important to do that. But if you can't, you can still contribute. You can still uh, make an act of charity by uh, sharing that message, sharing it with your uh, Facebook friends, uh, on Twitter, uh, Pinterest, whatever you've got that you engage in to, to share it that way would be very, very helpful. Now, I mentioned earlier in the show that uh, we talked a little bit about Frank Brightson. We talked about the, the top 10 restaurants. And I mentioned that I had interviewed Frank uh, on on um, last Friday, that Frank was on the show last Friday. And I wanted to share with you something. David Hubble left us some voice feedback earlier. And uh, that was great. Always great, David. Thank you so much for that. But I also want to bring to your attention, he, he made a, he left a comment on the Facebook page, the Catholic Foodie Facebook page on the, the post about the Frank Brightson and Chef Paul Prudhomme show. Um, and, and that was, again, October 16th. You can find it at facebook.com slash Catholic Foodie. And I wanted to share with you what David had to say. He said, um, he said, I really enjoyed this interview. Chef Frank seems like such a great guy, and his stories of Chef Paul were very inspiring. Many of the New Orleans old school celebrity chefs are celebrities not because of certain dishes or restaurants, uh, but because of their integrity and genuine care they have for their people and their guests. They oftentimes exemplify what we should 
what we should be when we welcome others into our home. Not so much to be a great cook, but to be a great host or hostess and care for those around us. Uh, he goes on to share a little bit more. You can find that over at uh, facebook.com slash Catholic Foodie. I'll try to share it too in the show notes over at catholicfoodie.com. But we're out of time, folks, so i got to go. Thank you so much for listening. You're listening to The Catholic Foodie Show here on Breadbox Media. I'm Jeff Young, your host of Catholic Foodie. You can find more Catholic culinary inspiration to help you grow in faith around the table of the Eucharist and around your family dinner table over at catholicfoodie.com. I'll see you Monday. Until then, bon appetit.